Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the final part in our series, Relationship Reboot. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Well, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Krija. I will be uh, digging deep with our two special guests this morning, back by popular demand, <laughs> pastors Harrison and Christy. Can we give them a round of applause? Are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready I'm to ready. dive deep? I'm ready. Yeah? Okay. We're going to ask all everyone's burning questions this morning. So I'm excited. You're excited? I'm, I'm a big fan of Pastor Harrison, so <laughs> it's a privilege to be up here with him. Thank you. <laughs> you're, supposed, you're supposed to reciprocate that. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> okay, awesome. So uh, for those of us who are new in the audience, could you let us know how long have you guys been together? Mm-hmm. Great question. Uh, so we've been together, we've been dating nine years, um, married for four, going to be five this summer, and uh, we've got two kids, yep. twins, so we had two at once, because why waste time? Come on, somebody. <laughs> yes. Uh, just get it out, get it out of the way. Just get it out yep. there. Okay. Well, can we give them a round of applause? So nine years dating, yep. five years married. That is Awesome. So you guys probably have a lot of wisdom for us Let's just to so. share. <laughs> okay, awesome. So we're going to dive into it. So you guys have been together for a while. Mm-hmm. So there are probably people in the audience right now who um, might be single, thinking to get into a relationship, might right. be in a relationship, thinking to get engaged, engaged, get married. Yeah. Um, what is the most important thing for people to know when entering into a relationship? I'll go. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, It's a loaded question because I feel like that question could take up our entire time. But I think if I was to narrow it down to one thing, I would say that um, it won't work without God. Now, that's kind of like a simple statement just put out there. And I don't know, maybe some people are thinking, like, give me something practical or give me, like, some strategies. The thing is, like, I could tell people okay, maybe we should learn to cook or clean more, or maybe we need to learn how to communicate, or maybe we um, need to be motivated in our individual lives. But those things are superficial. So if you don't have God in your relationship, those things are useless. And so I think a lot of times, like, we as people, we get into relationships or we want to enter a relationship thinking that that's what's going to make us complete or that's what's going to make... me like grow like when I meet somebody then I'm gonna start doing things but the thing is like God never created marriage or relationships to compete with himself he created them to point them to himself Mm -hmm. they were created so that we as people in relationship could be pointed further towards God Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I think like the biggest thing is just realizing that God is the major theme marriage is a minor theme So if we view everything in the context of relationships and marriage is a minor theme, everything pointing back to God, like that's the biggest and most useful thing that we'll be able to have within relationships. Because the thing is, like, Harrison's amazing. He is. (laughs) (laughs) No humility there. But sometimes he doesn't love me the way that I want to be loved or compliment me when I think I should be complimented or... Um, say the words that, like, I think he should say. But the thing is, like, he didn't die for me and he didn't save me. So if I didn't have Jesus, if I didn't have God in our marriage, if I wasn't at peace 
with my relationship with God, and if I didn't feel like fully fulfilled, fully um, complete in God with purpose and value, I would never be able to find peace in my relationship mm-hmm. with God. I would continually feel hurt and resentment and bitterness in comparison, but because of God, mm-hmm. I find peace in my marriage. And I think, I'll just wrap it up with one last thought for my answer. I think um, that's one of the most ironic things about our view on marriage today is the view um, that kind of like this new contemporary way tells us defines marriage, that like um, we have to find our perfect match or that we need to find somebody that completes us, that person that's going to make us happy. But like in our culture, we see this view as liberating and freeing but it's all it's actually the most oppressive view to have in marriage because you're putting unrealistic expectations yeah. on your marriage and you're putting your deepest desires on somebody that was never meant to bear them mm-hmm. and so just like realizing um god is the major theme my relationship is the minor theme yeah take notes if anybody has a notebook that is something to jot down for sure um, okay, so question, what should people know before they get yeah. into a relationship? Uh, one thing I, I just say is um, you rarely have to sell yourself on a good idea mm-hmm. yeah. or a good decision. Yes, yeah, true. You rarely have to sell yourself on a good decision. So if you are dating or you're looking to date and the person that you're interested in, if you constantly and continually are trying to convince yourself of why or how or why I should be in this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we know this to be true. All of us have people in our lives, whether it's our friends, family, when we see them in bad relationships, we know right away, yeah. right? We're like, oh my gosh, what an idiot. Like, why is that hurt? <laughs> like, why are they together? Yeah. But the ultimate irony of life is that we can see everyone else's mistakes, but we can't see our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is understand um, if you feel like you are constantly and continually trying to convince yourself um, of the decision, it's probably not a good decision. Yeah. And so what we said a few weeks ago was that one of the ways that you know that um, you're, you're really just kind of grasping at straws is when you lower the bar, yeah. right? And so we said one of the dumbest things people can say is, that, well, why are you together? Well, he treats me so well. <laughs> or she treats me so good. Yeah. We said that's the lowest level of commitment. What yeah, do you mean they yeah. treat you well? Yeah. But the reason that we do that, because we're trying to convince other people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, we've lowered the bar, and so we're trying to convince other people to come down there with us. Yeah, and true. so um, I just say, and this is really from, from Andy Stanley, and I love Andy Stanley. Um, he, he says, you rarely have to sell yourself in a good decision. So how do you know you're making a bad decision? He says, ask a, qu- a clarifying question. Am I being honest with myself, really? Mm-hmm. Am I being honest with, because the truth is, we can lie to other people all day. Mm-hmm. And the ironic thing is they know you're lying, right? We know when someone doesn't believe it themselves. But the reason that we do this is because we have first lied to ourselves. Yeah, that's good. So ask yourself, am I being honest with myself really? And so what, what Andy Stanley says is one of the reasons, one of the ways mm-hmm. that you can know that you're lying to yourself um, is that if you use logic to defend an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You're using logic to defend an emotional decision. Decision. So mm-hmm. I'll give you guys a case example of what that might look like. Yeah. So Christy and I, uh, we moved to St. Albert. Uh, thank you. So glad to be here. <laughs> Welcome to St. Albert. <laughs> and, and so here's some advice really quickly. Is if you're moving, make sure that you 
can afford to move, uh, that you have the money. Uh, so for us, we moved from a duplex to a house, and we did calculations. We could afford it. Just That's a preface. Now let's imagine that we couldn't afford it, right? Super emotional, just I want to move, I want a house, and we decided to move. And so what we do now, because we're living in the reality of, like, this is a terrible decision, is that in order to not be constantly and continually embarrassed, we'll begin to use logic to defend emotional decisions. So I'd say something like, yeah, we love St. Albert. I live five minutes from the church. Like, you wouldn't believe the amount of money I save on gas. Like, that's true, logically, but the truth, the bigger truth is that, like, your mortgage taxes is way more than the money that you would spend. But what you're doing is that you're using logic to defend an emotional decision. And so I need us to understand this because so many of us, maybe you're doing it right now in a relationship, you're using logic to defend the emotional decision. And so what that looks like is literally like we've been together for two weeks. We decided to move in together. But you wouldn't believe the amount of money we're saving on rent. Right? So I'm using logic to defend my emotional decision. Uh, <laughs> a worse one, I said it first, I'll say it again, but it's like, well, um, yeah, my partner is abusive, maybe even beats me, uh, but he's a paramedic, so he, he takes care of me afterwards. This died. So what, what, how do you know when you're compromising? Because like, like people say mm-hmm. relationships are full of compromises, yeah. but how do you know you're compromising and how do you know when you're lowering your standard? Yeah, I think, and this is a big one that, that kind of Christy talked about, it's just really like what, um, if God is the main thing, right, and that's kind of our thing, like, oh, let's keep God the, the main thing. If, if we're going with people that are taking us away from the main thing, you know, that's, and it's like we're, we're lowering, so example, like, yeah, he's not a Christian, but um, he's spiritual. He's not a Christian, but you should see the crystals in his house. Like, it, it, so what we do is we're, we're just using logic to defend. And so what I would say is really to have that bar, right? You need to have a personal bar that you set because if you don't know what it is, then you won't even know if you're compromising. And so that's really important and clarifying to do before you get into a relationship. Um, But even if you're in a relationship, I think you need to begin to have some um, non-negotiables. Set the tone. Set the tone in every aspect of your life so that there's no surprises. Like, surprises are good sometimes, but surprises aren't good when you completely change the person that you are and you expect that of the other person. So if you're not being the person that you want to attract, number one, you're probably not going to attract them in the first place. But number two, you can't expect to be dating them, get into a relationship, and then change all of their ways because you were hiding or you weren't doing something of your tone. So before you get into a relationship, set the tone of your life so that somebody coming in knows, hey, these are non-negotiables. Like these are their foundations. That's so good. So setting the tone, setting that standard before you even dive into a relationship. And and I I would say just that, and why it's so important before marriage, is that marriage doesn't make it go away, it just exposes it, right? And so a lot of times, it's like, we can sell, 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 sell. I'm going to sell my friends, sell my family, sell myself of why I should be with this person. But what happens once you get married, the truth is no one wants to be a salesman forever. Mm. Yeah. No one wants to sell themselves forever. And the most ironic thing is that people get divorced and they think the reason they're getting divorced or breaking up is because of new issues. No, 99% of the times it's issues that we chose to ignore at the start. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. 
It's like you had to beg that person to get married, and now you're really weird, like weirded out when they have commitment issues when you're married. Yeah. It's, just, it's just been exposed, yeah. right? He was a cheater before you got married. She was a cheater after you. Like, it's just, it's, what happens is, is that you just have compromised. So I won't, I won't go off. <laughs> go off. <laughs> so, Christy, from your perspective, like, yeah. what does it take to have a good relationship? Like, what, yeah. what is a relationship? I think the number one key is commitment. When you enter into a relationship, you enter into knowing that you're going to commit. And I say that because I think our generation lacks in the commitment. Um, what's the word? The commitment. Wavelength? Vibe. Thing? Yeah. So, like, our generation is good at committing, like, 1% to 100 different things, but it's not very good at committing 100% to one thing. And the thing about... Say that again. Say that again. We're not good at committing 100% to one thing. Our generation is very good at just committing 1% to 100 things. And the thing with love or great love, great love is only known with great commitment. And so I think a lot of times we just think like, oh, I fell in love or... Yeah, we're just in love. But the thing is, if you fall in love, you can fall out of love. But when you make a commitment, it's just saying, it's literally saying, like, the love I have for you right now is the lowest level I'm going to have. Because great love is practiced, it's learned, it's aspired to be great love. Like, great love is literally putting your partner's ultimate good before you're before you like their good is before yours so yeah I would say commitment I was reading um I was listening to a podcast and it was just um talking on the context of how we're good at committing to a whole bunch of different things and it said that um a lot of times we have think we've traveled we think we've traveled a long journey because we've went a thousand miles but all we've traveled is one mile a thousand times Mm -hmm. But our heart's greatest desire is to travel a thousand miles with one person. And so it's just like that commitment if you're wanting to enter into a relationship. Because the thing is, God doesn't command us to get married. Like, it's not a command to get married. And so if we make the choice to get married, we make the choice to commit to that other person. Good. I realized (laughs) in the process of, like, all the technical difficulties, we did not acknowledge church online. So, Church Online, we are so happy you guys joined us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just keep watching. (laughs) Okay, so you guys have been together for a while. Uh Uh-huh. So, I'm assuming you've had fights. Yes. Uh, Yep. We've had had conflict. We've had conflict. Conflict. Okay, so there's a difference in the term that you've Uh used. Why? Because fighting means that one of us wins and one of us loses. And fighting means that we're opponents and not teammates. So conflict, there's going to be conflict. There is conflict because we are individual people with individual likes and dislikes, and we disagree on a lot of things. But fighting, yeah, we don't fight. We have conflict. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and we're we're pretty intentional with that because, like, uh, culture kind of just loves to, talk about like the word fighting yeah like, oh, have a good fight it out in your marriage right yeah. duke it out lock the doors just fight it out just have it uh, all out but like what what christy said is if we're on the same team 
it, like, it's actually illogical to be fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and the example that I, I gave was one time when I was in college, my brother and I played hockey together uh, on the same team. And whatever happened, emotions ran high with him. Um, <laughs> and he punched me in the face in the midst of a game. And so um, what happened afterwards is that, like, our friends, they made fun of us a lot. Yeah. And the one thing they said over and over again was, like, they just couldn't believe, like, how were you guys fighting? You're on the same team. Yeah. But, but listen, we know how illogical that sounds in sports. Yeah. But we make it commonplace in marriage. We yeah, fight it true. out. So we say, we say conflict. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so conflict. How do yeah. you deal with conflict? Yeah. Um, I think the best way to deal with conflict is acknowledging that conflict's inevitable. Because if we treat every argument or... Um, disagreement as just something like this big thing that came out of nowhere, then we're going to react to it as a big thing that came out of nowhere. But if we're like, hey, like, we're going to have conflict in our marriage, we're going to have conflict in our friendships, we're going to have conflict in life, just knowing it's inevitable means, hey, it's coming, and so I better get ready to be able to address it. And I'm going to address it head on. And so I think, like, for... For me, you do two things in conflict. You reflect on the root of where your emotions come from, and then you forgive. So you deal, and then you heal. Mm -hmm. Because I think with a lot of us, what happens is um, there's these conflicts in our lives, these emotions, these this hurt, this pain that comes up within conflict. And what we do is we try to ignore it or push it away or um, suppress it. And it becomes unresolved pain and hurt, but unresolved doesn't stay unresolved forever. So what happens in conflict is you have a current conflict, but it doesn't remain current because the emotions stem back to this past hurt and past um, trauma in your life. And what happens even more is we have this hurt that stays um, unaddressed and then it stews in our lives, and it actually becomes hate. Mm-hmm. This hurt becomes hate in our lives, and that's what the majority um, of conflict, that's why the majority of conflicts end in, like, almost an out-of-proportion reaction. Mm-hmm. Because for the person that's hurt, their um, reaction seems warranted because they've created this script in their minds from who knows, like, either whether a day ago or, like, 20 years ago mm-hmm. of the hurt that hurt them so long ago and then this like blow up comes and if the partner doesn't know that there's this unresolved pain it's almost directed at them so in a in a practical situation how do you deal like what does that look like yeah yeah that was so good um i think that like so number one practically speaking simplest thing when it comes to conflict never trust your heart yeah and when I say heart, it's your emotions. Yeah. Never trust your heart. Never trust yeah. your emotions. Why? Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately yeah. wicked. Yeah. Who can know it? Who can know it? So literally what Christy is saying is because of all of the things that we have gone through, yeah. it actually shifts our hearts and shifts our emotions. Yeah. And so what that means is we can actually begin to filter our lives and our reality through a different lens that is actually real. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. And so um, one thing we, we listen to... Um, an interview with Lisa Turkos, and she wrote a book about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's really helped us, she said, when it comes to conflict, um, and you guys, I'm so glad the two of you have your notebooks out. The rest of you, um, <laughs> encourage you guys to write this down. Even uh, in your phones. Yeah, on your phones, uh, for sure. 
she said, in conflict, understand this. If I'm hysterical, it's historical. Yeah. Break if, that down a little. If I'm hysterical, it's historical. What she's saying is if the situation in front of me is bringing out a response yeah. that is greater than what is warranted, that means that I am reacting not necessarily to the situation that is in front of me, yeah. but I'm filtering it through my past hurt mm -hmm. and my yeah. past trauma. And so literally our history plays out a script in our head over yeah. and over again. Mm -hmm. And so we don't actually view our, our, our reality necessarily through what's happening, yeah. but through the script that we've told ourselves over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and, and so like literally it's those situations in relationship or friendship, you've all been there, mm -hmm. where it feels like, man, someone is going off and you're like, what a crazy psycho. Yeah. Calm down. Like, like this did not chill. just chill out. Like this does not warrant the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. What she's saying is chances are there's something historical there. Yeah. There's something that's deeper. Mm -hmm. Right? So you guys shared a little story this morning at our 930 <laughs> service just to show us what that looks like yeah. in a real life situation. Practically. Practically, Practically speaking. <laughs> uh, okay, so what happened for us, and, and thankfully we had just listened to this podcast um, separately, but we both listened to it. Yeah. And so uh, we, I, I went into the kitchen, and if you guys don't know, I said at the start, I guess, uh, we have two babies, a uh, year and a half. So Christy was in the kitchen uh, feeding the babies, and um, our babies are the healthiest babies that have ever lived. Uh, <laughs> they eat avocados and fruits and <laughs> uh, other such things. Uh, <laughs> Just think of like a diet of a rabbit. That's okay, like, okay. So very healthy. And so Christy was feeding them uh, all this food. And, and our girls, you know, and babies, if you guys have seen them eat, they're messy, right? Yeah. And so they're, you know, running them up, making a mess, throwing things on the ground. And like, you know when the avocado dries? Like what that does to the ground, right? And so yeah. I just said, I went into the kitchen just, you know, doing my thing. And I just said innocently, I was like, hey, Chris, um, just make sure like we clean that up. Like fast. <laughs> How said, dare we, he? <laughs> we, I said, we got to make sure that we clean it up. And so um, it, it was a small thing, at least I thought that I said. And then Christy uh, kind of got, got, you know, defensive, um, emotional, kind of, I thought, out of proportion to what I had just said. And so thankfully, um, we had just listened to this message. And so she said, one of the things that you can do is if, if you know that if someone's hysterical, it's historical try to begin to see things through their lens. So she said, ask a clarifying question. And the question that I asked her was, Christy, what did you hear me say? Yeah. What did you hear me say? And so then she, uh, <laughs> What did you hear him say, Christy? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I answered with like, whatever, Harrison, but <laughs> as I reflect on it, as we reflected on it um, and addressed it head on in the moment, um, I realized that his question stem back to um, me feeling like I was not able to do enough pretty much since the girls were born. When they came into our lives, a lot of things shifted. And a lot of what I was able to do on a bigger scale had to kind of scale down. And so in regards to this, I was already feeling um, like m I wasn't doing my, my role as well as I should have been and so his question brought back the script that I had formed in my mind of um I guess just insufficiency within our roles in marriage I'm not doing enough is a word. exactly yeah. 
And so, yeah, me not doing enough stemmed, I guess, then his question just brought up those heated emotions and it was an out of proportion reaction. <laughs> so it wasn't warranted. You had that conversation, you asked that clarifying question. How do you move forward from that? Yeah, so for me, and, and this is really good, I think, for all of us, is because, like, the truth is, um, a lot of times we just want to be understood yeah. instead of seeking to understand. Yeah. Right? And so when Christy said that, that she'd been feeling all of these um, insufficiencies, like, I didn't know that. Right? And so all of a sudden, like, because it can turn into a big fight, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't be like, what, what did you say to me, woman? Right? But when, when, we, when our walls, like, our walls go down when we understand. Yeah, yeah right? vulnerability. Because as soon as she said that, yeah. all of a sudden, like, my heart's like, no, Chris, like, I actually, like, I think you're the best mom ever. And I think that you go above and beyond. I think everyone that knows you thinks that. And I think you're the greatest of all time, actually. Yes. Um, and yes, so, say that one again. Yeah. <laughs> And so what happens, though, is that if I didn't seek to understand the history behind the hysteria, then it would have just created conflict. And so, like, moving forward, and this is for all of us, I would encourage you, because a lot of times when we're offended, we just don't want them to understand. We we don't want to understand them. We want people to understand us Mm -hmm. and how they made us feel. So I just, I think a lot of times it can just, and for us moving forward, it's just understanding if there's something more Let's get down to the root of it. Um, And like Christy said, that takes vulnerability. Mm -hmm. That takes openness. Um, At times, it can be embarrassing Mm -hmm. even, right? It's embarrassing if, like, it's something really stupid that made you feel how you feel. But the truth is, it doesn't matter how stupid it is. What matters is your feelings. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I need to actually be embarrassed in order to experience freedom on the other Mm -hmm. side. So um, was that that kind of practical? Yep. Yeah, that that was good. Did everybody get that? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay. So you said something about not trusting your heart. Mm -hmm. So what do you trust? That's a good question. That's really good. Let me me answer it by this. And let me tell you why we don't trust our hearts. Uh, The truth is, every single one of us walks around with brokenness. Yeah. And what happens is we buy the lie that says time heals all wounds. Yeah. That's a lie. It's a lie, yeah. If you guys don't know this, you don't watch the sermons enough, but I broke my tooth like a long time ago in the summertime. You can go watch church online. I'll tell you the whole story. But um, I broke my tooth and, and like literally broke my tooth in half in the back. And so I had to get my tooth fixed. And um, after I fixed it, it still hurt. And so I went to the dentist and I was like, yo, my tooth still hurts. And he's like, yeah, you broke it. He's like, <laughs> he's like it's going to hurt for a long time. And I'm like, okay, that sucks. And so basically what I began to do um, is I just began to chew on one side of my mouth, like all the time. And so the longer that I chew on one side of my mouth, the more I begin to believe that I'm actually healed. Yeah. Why? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel pain. Yeah. But the truth is, I'm not actually healed. Mm-hmm. I've just learned to chew a different way. Yeah. And so what happens, the one day when by accident I have a big bite of honey bunches of oats and that granola gets on the other side of my mouth, I experience great pain. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like disproportionate to, to, to what happened. But the truth is, it's because I thought that I healed, but I had actually just learned to chew a different way. Yeah. And so what happens for so many of us is we think I'm healed, but you just began to live a different way. Yeah. And so what happens when something pricks it, then it's like, oh, wow, there it is. And so the reason, going back to your question, why I don't trust my heart is because I know that my heart is deceitful. Yeah. Right, and so what that means is I need to lean on something higher for truth. Yeah, 
do you want to? Yeah, no, it's good. I was just going to say, just in regards to that, like, um, a lot of times in in conflict, um, not even in conflict, in general, like, hate is almost natural. It's it's almost more natural than love or forgiveness. But Mm. within conflict, when one... Step one, we go back to the root of it. We forgive because forgiveness is expensive. Mm. I have this one written down. It's good. If you guys have a notebook, write this down. Forgiveness is expensive, but bitterness is incalculable. Mm. Come on. So if you live, like Harrison was saying, you suppress it, you, you put it under the rug, it's going to come up at some point. And so I think in conflict, going back to what you were saying, like um, our, a lot of times as people, we do what we've always done. And so in conflict, we treat our trends as truth, meaning if we've always raised our voice in conflict or we've always used the words divorce and hate or we've always walked away in conflict, then we say, hey, like this is my trend and that's why it's justified because I've always done it. But within conflict, we need to say, hey, if God is the major theme and marriage is a minor theme, my spouse, my friend, whatever it is, they're human. And we're going to make mistakes no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so once we've addressed it, then we just say, hey, in this conflict, how do we come out of it stronger? How do we come out of it um, showing each other God and forgiveness and great and selfless love. Like, how are we treating this conflict? Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in it, you get heated. And so just like we were saying, uh, before you enter a relationship, you should set your foundation. Like, before you enter a conflict, you should have boundary lines yeah. within it. Like, you should know where you can and can't go within your relationship. Like, mm-hmm. for me, um, like, Harrison, Harrison's pretty strategic, and I lead by emotion. And so, like, he knows that, um, like, I get emotional pretty fast or I get my feelings hurt fast. And so, like, that vulnerability, though, even though it's not easy to talk about those things, like, those are the things that protect you within your relationship so you don't say words that you can never get back. Mm. Hmm. Did you want to add anything? Could, could, I, I feel like we kind of skimmed over your question a little bit, surfacely. What, what was the question you asked again? How do I, how do I know... Like, if you That's can't trust your heart, heart yeah. what do you trust? Right, that was the question. That's <laughs> that was, pretty good. You, you uh, answered it, like... Yeah, kind of around kind it. Of. And I think the biggest thing, like, the biggest thing, and Christy hit on it, too, is just what um, what is truth, mm-hmm. right? If my heart is in truth, what is truth? And yeah. to be honest, Jesus is truth, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And so I view conflict through the lens of Jesus, Yeah. right? And I view conflict through his love. And so I love 1 Corinthians 13, yeah. um, verse 6. It says, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So what's my hope? My what's my what's my truth? My truth is that if I am not living in this kind of love, right? So in conflict, if I love to like get my spouse, like I got her this time. Yeah. Like I'm not living like Jesus. Yeah. Right? If I if I if I'm not protecting her, if I'm not trusting her, if I'm not to what Christy said, if I'm passing lines, like I know I'm leading from emotion. I'm leading from my heart, and my yeah. heart is deceitful. So to answer the question bluntly, Jesus is my barometer for what I trust. I don't yeah. trust my heart. I trust Jesus. Yeah. That's so good. So you talked a little bit about um, boundaries. Mm-hmm. Is that the same for everyone in conflict, or is that something that you figure out together as a couple? 
Um, I think there is a ground that is for everybody in regards to not speaking, if you're in a marriage, not speaking about divorce. There's certain words, hate, those things should not be said. Um, There's certain boundaries in regards to, yeah, the tone of your voice or leaving a conversation. Like those things are, those things should be pretty like neutral ground for every relationship, but there are definitely individual bounds that people within a relationship need to communicate to each other because we're all um, hurt different ways. Yeah, I mean, and I just, like, <laughs> it's kind of superficial in a sense, but don't, like, in terms of what you say to someone, don't say something about them that will never change. Yeah. So if, like, you're in a heated conflict and you and insult someone physically, like, I hate your nose, like, whatever, like, just, that's an example. <laughs> heated. Like, it's not, like, that's yeah. not going to change. Yeah. So you can say, like, I'm, I forgive you, right? But the nose is still there forever. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it's like it's a surface example, but I can go to any parts of yeah. you. But like, yeah. don't insult something that cannot change. Right, yeah. like you can say like I didn't like the way that you spoke to me. Yeah. But like when you when you start insulting permanent things, yeah. Um, that doesn't lead temporary damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That leads permanent. That leaves permanent damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Matthew five forty one. It goes off of yours. It says um, yeah. a couple days, or if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Hmm. Meaning, if you have boundaries, don't allow that to be your base. Like, go above and beyond. Don't live in our relationships in minimums. Like, mm-hmm. so many times we're like, what is the least I can do? Or, mm-hmm. like, can I make a joke in this conflict and get away with it? Or, like, <laughs> can we just sleep on it and maybe forget about it? Like, like, no, like, like I, can, I can diss their hair because that can change. <laughs> like, I'm just going to get close to the boundary. <laughs> <laughs> just go. close, but not, not over it. <laughs> like, go above and beyond in every aspect of the relationships that you're in in your life. Mm. Yeah. And, that's, and that's every relationship, yeah. Yeah. right? It's like, it's not, yeah. this is not just romantic, no. right? If you have friends and you love to get your friends, like, I yeah. love to catch that idiot. Like, <laughs> Check your heart. <laughs> yeah, you're not right. a friend. Yeah. Check your heart. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. So I think going back to, you know, we talked a lot about marriage and romantic relationships. And, yeah. you know, throughout the series, you've, you've been saying, you know, relationships, marriage, like that is not your ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, you said earlier, God is the major theme yeah. and relationships are the minor theme. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about mission and purpose. Yeah. So why is that so important? Yeah. Mission, yeah, mission is the utmost important thing in your life. Like if your mission, if your eyes aren't set on something greater than yourselves, being God, being your mission, you're going to be distracted by every little thing around you. And so mission is just what says like, hey, where am I going? And it focuses, it tune points your life. It, it tune points like, it focuses all of your relationships. Like, if you have mission, if you see that your mission is God and you want to make disciples, that's how you see your community, your workplace, your friendships, your relationships, your marriage, whatever it is. Mission just says, like, hey, my eyes are setting, set on something greater than myself. Yeah. And that's what just, like, focuses me in. Um, I think, and I think, because we talked about, you know, the major and the minor. I always forget what, what was he God is major. God is the major theme. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always. God is the major relationships yeah. with the minor. Yeah. yeah. And so I think this is really important to have in life as well. Um, 
in life and relationships, I think we need a major mission yeah. and we need a minor mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the, the things that messes so many of us up is that we make our minor missions the major missions. Yeah. So to, to put it simply, I think that your major mission mm-hmm. should revolve around God in some way. Okay. For us and our family, our mission is so simple. It's just love people, make disciples. Yeah. That's what we want to do. As we raise our kids, that's the mission of our family. Yeah. Right? That is the major mission of our life. What happens is that, like, life is filled with minor missions. You should have minor missions, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to, to be, I want to have the best paying job, whatever. I want to be a dentist. I want to be this or I want to be that. Yeah. But the truth is the minor missions in your life can never overtake the major mission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think the major mission needs to in some way revolve around God. Yeah. Right? I think Jesus gives you many fancy ways to, to, to make your own mission statement. Mm-hmm. Right? He says, therefore, go and make disciples. Yeah. There's a mission statement. He says, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. There's a mission statement. Jesus says, love people. There's a mission statement. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to have a mission in your marriage, a mission in your life that revolves around people and revolves around God. Because the truth is, if you don't, the the minor will always become the major. Mm -hmm. Right? And we live in a culture that is obsessed with the minor. Yeah. Right? Everyone in society wants to be viral. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like when we had our babies, like you wouldn't believe everyone's like, yo, get them on TikTok. <laughs> Trust me, you'll never work a day again once the girls are on TikTok. <laughs> right? And it's like, and so there's this kind of this society when it comes to mission. It, it's ironic. The mission for so many people, I said it in first service, so many Gen Z, but it's not even just Gen Z. Uh, it's millennials, uh, Gen X, whatever, like <laughs> baby boomers. If you're a baby boomer and you have a TikTok mission, grow up. Um, <laughs> Love you all. Um, but the point is, so many of us have missions where it's yeah. like, I want to be known by people that don't actually know me. Yeah. I heard someone say this, and I thought it was so good. And I, I've taken it from my life. I want to be respected most by those who know me best. Yeah. I want to be respected most by those who know me best. Because mm-hmm. if people behind a camera, if people that I've never met respect me, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that I have personal mission so important yeah. in that regard. So how do you discover what your mission slash purpose is? Yeah. I think you just ask yourself, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? Because if your mission is to have a nice car or to make money or to have a marriage or a family or an open concept house, you've set the mission very low. Like you've set the mission of your life very low. Are those awesome outcomes? Absolutely. But if, if your mission isn't above yourself, something greater, being God, mm-hmm. then it's going to seep into every aspect of our lives. So, like, if we find ourselves in relationships, um, friendships, whatever it is in our lives, seeing other people, like, comparing them to yourself. Oh, they're, they're better or worse than us. They're richer or poorer. They have this. I don't have this. Then our mission isn't big enough. Yeah. And so I think... Um, to go back to the question, which was, how do you set your mission? Yeah, how do you, find it? you just say, like, what is going to direct every single step I take in life? Mm-hmm. And, and I think to put it more bluntly, it needs to revolve around people and it needs to revolve around Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a mission that takes you outside of yourself, yeah. then you'll always be chasing. Yeah. Right. And so some people think, well, when I have my 14th property, that's when I'll be that's when I'll be content mm-hmm. or when I make my first million. Or for some people, it's like my next spouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one will make me really happy. Mm-hmm. 
And what I always say, listen, if you feel discontent in your marriage, you don't need a new spouse. You need a new mission. Because you've set the bar bar too low, like Christy said. And so we live in this place that tells us to chase, 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 Mm -hmm. paper chase, paper chase. But all, and there's nothing, listen, there's nothing wrong, there is something wrong with having 30 spouses, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful, to have those minor yeah. missions. Mm-hmm. If you want to blow up all the power to you, that's your mission in life, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But those minor things yeah. cannot take over the major things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I would um, just say to people, revolve it in some way yeah. um, mm-hmm. around God. Yeah, we'll never have peace in the minor things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we don't have a mission of the bigger, if we don't have peace in our bigger things. And, and the beauty of Jesus, he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven yeah. and all else will be given. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. what that means, if I seek him first, if he's major, guess what? Maybe I'll actually get some of the minors. Yeah. yeah. And every minor that you don't get, God didn't want you to have it. So yeah. don't trip out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're good. Because he says everything else you need will be given too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you talked a little bit about finding your mission as a couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what do you feel your mission is as a couple and how does that seep into the everyday life mm-hmm. aspects of your life? Yeah, so our mission as a couple, as a married couple, is um, to love God and to make disciples or love people. Mm-hmm. And so I think it seeps into every relationship um, in the greater theme, theme of giving us peace, um, just knowing that we weren't joined together um, for companionship or just to meet each other's needs. Like, we were joined together for something greater. Yeah. And so I have peace. He has peace. Uh, knowing that our mission is so much greater. Because the thing is, like, if we didn't have a mission in our marriage, I would never have peace in our marriage. Yeah. I would always be annoyed by his wisdom and, like, resentful that he's a good preacher and bitter that he has to spend time at the church away from me with other people. Like, there would just be these emotions. But because our eyes are set on something bigger, because we have a mission in our marriage, we know that God and people are what our entire lives are meant to be. Yeah, that's so good. Um, And I think... Yeah, the truth is, like, I remember the, one of the first times um, I heard something, and I never understood it. It was talking about jealousy within a marriage or mm-hmm. jealousy within a relationship. Um, and I thought it was so weird because, like, I've, I've never been jealous of Christy. And to my knowledge, she's never been jealous of me. Um, and so it was foreign. But I, to what Christy's point, I think the reason that jealousy could happen within a relationship is because maybe one person has a mission and the other yeah. doesn't. And so that's and so I always say to people like if you're if you're together if you're or sorry if you're dating or you're single or you're trying to find that person like super simple question does this person make me better yeah mm-hmm. right does this person help me fulfill the mission of my life yeah because the truth is like you can try to bring that person up forever well I'm gonna get them to my level well they'll be a Christian one day like I'll yeah. get them out the club I'll get them there one day mm, yeah. but what happens is that if they don't get there the truth is that person might just end up presenting you, yeah. right? Or vice versa, where you might end up presenting that person yeah. because you're on different wavelengths. And so to Christy's thing, um, we're not jealous because we're not competing, but we're complimenting yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we, we want to love people. And so when Christy, and, and she's amazing at it, and a lot of you ladies know, like she's going for walks with you guys and, and meeting with you guys and loving you guys. And so for me, I don't get jealous. I'm like, I need to love people better now too. Mm-hmm. 
I got to get on my game now too, right? And so we, the mission, when we have it together, like, and it brings us somewhere, yeah. um, we complement each other and we don't compete yeah. with each other. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, yeah, so for us, it revolves around Jesus. Yeah. Two are better than one. That's awesome. That is really awesome. So, like, to wrap up the series, mm-hmm. what is maybe one, two, three takeaways that you want people to leave with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me? Um, I think the biggest takeaway is going back um, to kind of what we were talking at the beginning. Like, we can learn how to be better people. We can learn how to love other people better. But without God, it's not going to work. We're not going to thrive in our lives. We're not going to thrive in our relationships. So it literally all comes back to God. It all comes back to God. So we can work our entire lives on strategic things that make us better, but until we realize that that God died for us and saved for us because we are sinful human beings, like we'll never be able to treat somebody else the way that God calls us to treat them. And so just saying like, hey, like back to the beginning, God is the major theme. Everything else is minor. Yeah, and I love um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Um, And then he continues, verse 12, he says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. But he says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so two is good, and three is not talking about like three people. It's like that's God is the third, right? And so what we kind of said and what we've said in this series is that relationships aren't an end of themselves. Yeah. Right? You don't need to be in a relationship. And so um, when we can say two is better than one, it's like maybe you're the one and then God's the other. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a relationship, two, but then it says three is even better. Mm-hmm. Right? So the point is God is the major thing for every aspect of my life. Yeah. Whether I'm single, whether I'm dating, yeah. whether I'm in a relationship, it all points back to God and yeah. it all points back to purpose. And so the reason we do these series as a church, do we want you to have better relationships, absolutely. Yeah. Right? I hope that for some of us, we have a brand new picture of relationships. I hope maybe some people get out of a toxic relationship. Um, I hope some people in marriage, their marriage is better than ever. But at the end of the day, we want to lead people to Jesus. Yeah. And we think that if you have a healthy relationship, yeah. whatever that is, right, you will be healthier altogether. Yeah. If you can have a healthier marriage, it'll be better. If you have healthier friendships, It'll be, I need friends that can bring me to Jesus. Yes. I need friends that can pick me up when I'm down. Mm-hmm. And so kind of what we say, what, I, what, I, what we want to say is Romans chapter 10, verse 15. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they, who call, how can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have never heard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Mm-hmm. And so what we say is we want you to be healthy in whatever your relational status is. Why? Because when you're healthy, you can get back on mission and lead people to Jesus. That's what your heart desires. And I hope if anything you've seen in this series, what your heart desires is more Jesus, more mission, more leading people. Um, And so how can they hear unless someone tells them? Awesome. Well, can we just give Pastors Harrison and Christy a round of applause? Thank you for being vulnerable, for being honest and transparent with us. Hey, can we, can we give it up for Kreej too? Oh, thank you. <laughs>
Hey, thank you so much for listening to that message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Hey, if you want more information, if you've decided to follow Jesus, we encourage you to head over to kingdomchurch.ca right now and connect with us. We can't wait to get to know you. Until next time, take care.